If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The impeachment process up to this point has played out mostly in the House of Representatives, according to House Democrats' rules. The White House has refused to participate. But this week, that all changes. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All persons are commanded to keep silent on pain of imprisonment. While the Senate of the United States is sitting for the trial of the articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, President of the United States. The Senate's impeachment trial begins in earnest this week. House Democrats will make the case that Trump should be removed from office. They allege the president abused his power in seeking an investigation into his political rival, Joe Biden, and that he obstructed the House investigation. But senators will also hear Trump's defense for the first time. With the opening of the Senate's impeachment trial, Trump's lawyers will take center stage. They'll have the opportunity to defend Trump, his conduct, and his presidency to the Senate and to the American people. Today on the show, Trump's defense and the lawyers he's chosen to make his case. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, January 21st. This week's Senate trial will be the first time the White House officially defends itself in Congress against impeachment. But outside of Congress, President Trump has been defending himself for months. President Trump has said everything you could think about impeachment. Mike Bender covers the White House. He's attacked this from every possible angle you can. He's attempted to frame his phone call with the president of Ukraine as the perfect call. And that calls at the heart of the impeachment because the House says the president was withholding foreign aid in exchange for an investigation into Joe Biden. I call it a perfect conversation because it was totally appropriate, very good, and everybody's saying it. Uh, He's also attacked this as nothing more than a political gambit from Democrats who are trying to, in, in the president's construct here, trying to remove him from office so they don't have to face him again in 2020. I'm leading in the polls. They have no idea how they stop me. The only way they can try is through impeachment. Again, that's a point that is disputed by most every Democrat. And he's also been willing to give several scenarios about how he wants this to play out in the Senate trial. He has said he wants this immediately dismissed. He has said he wants a very quick trial. And he has also said he wants a very long trial in which he can call a list of very controversial witnesses. I'll do whatever I want. Look, there is, we did nothing wrong. So I'll do long or short. He wants it all here. I mean, I've been in the Oval Office with him and heard him articulate arguments for all of these. And where has he landed on that? Does he want a short trial or a long trial? (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, It's not really up to him. It's up to the 100 members of the Senate and uh, more specifically uh, the 50-some members of the Republican majority to set the rules of this. Setting the trial's rules was the first order of business when senators convened this afternoon. Up for discussion was whether the Senate would even consider the House's evidence. They probably will. 
and how they might handle new witnesses. There's even the possibility that the Senate could vote to dismiss the impeachment charges altogether. But whatever the next few days looks like, it's clear the president wants more than an acquittal. What Trump wants here is to be vindicated. He not only wants to be acquitted, he wants this impeachment to go away, he wants to remain in office, but he also wants to paint the Bidens. You know, Joe Biden is a Democratic presidential candidate and in a lot of polls, the front runner. He wants to paint Biden as corrupt and he wants to paint Democrats as out of step with America and obsessed with trying to remove him from office. That's kind of his mindset and his goal for for the next couple of weeks. The people whose job it is to turn that goal into a strategy are Trump's legal team. For months, that team has been led by two people, Pat and Jay. Pat Cipollone, the White House counsel, who's been in that job for about a year, and Jay Sekulow, who is a a well-known attorney and has been the president's personal lawyer for the past couple of years. The personal lawyer represents the person, Trump. And the White House lawyer represents the executive office of the president and the executive branch. And personal lawyer Jay Sekulow has been in the public eye for years. In the 1980s, he won a case in front of the Supreme Court arguing that Jews for Jesus should be allowed to hand out pamphlets at the L.A. airport. Ever since then, he's been a prominent attorney for the Christian right. And he brings media chops. As Trump's personal lawyer, Sekulow defended the president in the Mueller investigation, both officially and on cable news. But the man insiders say has been stapled to the president's side during impeachment isn't Sekulow. It's White House counsel Pat Cipollone. He's been a corporate lawyer and litigator in Washington for years, and he's a much more under-the-radar figure. He's the son of Italian immigrants. He's a devout Catholic and father of 10. 10? He's the father of 10, and he really does lead his own legal office with that sort of paternalistic, protective instinct that you would expect out of that kind of father figure. You know, uh, uh, people who have talked to him will say that he'll go on forever talking about how proud he is of his team and their accomplishments and what they've done. You know, similar to how you would hear a, a parent talk about a child and their accomplishments. But what I've been told by former colleagues of Pat is that he really does have a cutthroat style, that he wants to have a relationship with the other side and a back and forth. But when he sees the opportunity, he'll go for the jugular. Have you seen that at all in this impeachment yet? Well, you get a sense of that in these letters that he has sent to uh, House investigators during the impeachment. During the House inquiry, Cipollone kept up a steady stream of letters to the House, refusing to turn over documents or participate in impeachment. The letters have really gotten a lot of attention and are strongly worded. I mean, they are really hot. In them, Cipollone called the impeachment inquiry baseless and a violation of due process. Quote, House Democrats have wasted enough of America's time with this charade. The striking thing we've seen under Pat Cipollone's leadership in the White House Counsel's Office is that he has basically taken, along with the president, a no-apologies approach to not participating in almost any oversight requests. But arguing Trump's case in the Senate will take more than strongly worded letters. With the beginning of the Senate trial, Trump's legal team will have to play offense, taking to the Senate floor to defend the president in front of senators and TV cameras. And on TV, 
Cipollone is an unknown quantity. He's been at the White House for a year. He hasn't been on TV before, which is pretty shocking uh, for a senior official in the Trump administration. That lack of TV experience might be one reason why Trump's legal team got a serious infusion of star power. He has added several high-profile names to his defense team. Headed up by White House counsel Pat Cipollone and attorney Jay Sekulow. The president is adding former independent counsel Kenneth Starr, former Florida attorney general Pam Bondi. Harvard Law professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz, not a full-time fledged me- member of the team, but he will present constitutional arguments against impeachment. From the federal... Last Friday, the White House announced Trump's legal team. Joining the defense under Cipollone and Seculo would be a who's who of TV-savvy lawyers. Big names like Ken Starr, Alan Dershowitz, and Pam Bondi. They've added a handful of attorneys who have the kind of star power and TV experience and name recognition that Trump puts a lot of value in, but also come with some baggage. So let's start with Ken Starr, who... Yeah played an important role in Clinton's impeachment. Tell us about him. You're right. Ken Starr is best known for uh, leading the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the 1990s. The evidence further suggests that the president, in the course of those efforts, misused his authority and his power as president and contravened his duty to faithfully execute the laws. So what it sounds like Ken's role on this team is going to be is to really invoke the Clinton impeachment process. In the 90s, Starr argued the flip side of impeachment, so he knows the process inside and out. In that case, Starr made the argument that Clinton should be removed from office because he broke the law. He lied under oath. In this case, Starr and the rest of the team will be making the opposite argument. One of the strategies the impeachment team has discussed is basically making an argument that what President Trump did is not a crime that disagree with it or not, his conversations, his interactions with Ukraine didn't rise to a criminal level. That contrasts with the Clinton impeachment in that Clinton lied under oath to investigators about his relationship with Monica Lewinsky. The Government Accountability Office has said that Trump's withholding of Ukrainian aid actually did break the law. But that won't be the team's or star's argument. So uh, Ken's role in this impeachment proceeding now is going to be to sort of contrast the two and to help underscore for senators that this would be a partisan impeachment, not one that would be focused on you know, high crimes and misdemeanors. And what about Alan Dershowitz? What kind of expertise does he bring? So Dershowitz is one of the most well-known criminal defense attorneys in the country. And what most listeners will most closely associate Dershowitz with is the O.J. Simpson murder trial in the 1990s. Dershowitz would go on to represent other controversial clients, including Mike Tyson. He's a fixture on cable news and also an emeritus professor at Harvard Law School. What Dershowitz brings to this case is is not only star power and his ease in front of cameras, but he is really regarded by the impeachment team as one of the foremost authority on constitutional issues. His role is going to be similar to, to Ken Starr in that He's expected to argue in front of senators that the impeachment articles have a lot of constitutional issues and problems and that they should be dismissed for those reasons. And what about Pam Bondi? 
Pam Bondi is another one who is very comfortable in front of the cameras and, you know, under the spotlight there. She's been a frequent guest on Fox News. Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi is one of our rising political stars. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be on the new couch. She was a guest host of The Five on Fox and is a former attorney general in Florida and was in the 2016 campaign, was um, one of the president's early endorsers in Florida you know, at a time when not a lot of elected officials and not a lot of the Republican establishment was supporting them. Together, these new lawyers, Dershowitz, Starr, Bondi, and others, check a lot of boxes for Trump. They're loyal. They bring impeachment and constitutional experience, and they're camera ready. But they do also bring some baggage. Two of them have ties to Jeffrey Epstein, the financier who was charged last year with sex trafficking offenses and killed himself in jail. There are several ties back to the Epstein saga. Ken Starr, along with Alan Dershowitz, were on the legal team for Jeffrey Epstein. And in 2007, Starr and Dershowitz put together a really controversial non-prosecution agreement between him and federal authorities. Under that agreement, Epstein served just 13 months in prison for charges related to prostitution. And in the years after he was released, Epstein allegedly sexually abused dozens of underage girls. Dershowitz has become personally wrapped up in this, too. Dershowitz right now is facing a defamation suit uh, filed in April by a woman who said she was not only a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, but that she was forced to have sex with his friends, including Alan Dershowitz. I never met her. I never met her. I never saw her. I never met her. I never heard of her. It's a totally made-up story. Now, Alan Dershowitz has countersued for defamation and, and has said her accusations are fabricated and baseless. But the White House has made the calculation that um, that they're willing to deal with that. Right. So despite the baggage that these lawyers have, Trump chose them for a reason. What do you think that is? Well, it shows that the president is, is not only considering the jury in the Senate, the 100 senators who are going to have to vote on whether to remove him from office or not, but that he's also considering winning the court of public opinion. You know, while Pat Cipollone doesn't have a lot of experience with TV cameras, these other folks are are much more comfortable and, despite some controversies, should be able to uh, articulate a, a strong case, the case that the president wants to hear to not just the senators but the American public. Coming up, how Trump's lawyers are making that case to the American public and to senators. That's after the break. If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but prediabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back. Both the House Democrats and Trump's legal team will make opening arguments in the coming days. They're expected to begin Wednesday. But this weekend, we got a preview of those arguments. Trump's legal team delivered a brief that was over 100 pages, its first sustained defense of the president. What the Trump White House is saying here is that, A, Trump did nothing wrong, and B, we shouldn't even be talking about what Trump did because the House process was so flawed and so partisan that it presents a clear and present danger to the Constitution, even by talking about it. What does this document tell us about Trump's legal strategy going into the trial? 
it shows that the president's team is very focused on satisfying two masters here. One is the 100-member Senate, and the other is an American public that will be tuning in and out of these proceedings over the next couple of weeks. So let's slow down and dig into each one. First, how are they trying to appeal to the Senate? There are big chunks of this legal brief that focus on the precedent of previous impeachments, all two of them, which did include a criminal violation. The big plank of the legal argument is that there is no alleged criminal violation here. The House Democrats haven't been able to find one and aren't alleging one. That's the main thrust of, of the White House argument. And a body like the Senate, which is, a you know, at its heart, a sort of small-c conservative institution, not all that excited to make big changes and more comfortable with small incremental steps, are they willing to take the step of removing a president without a criminal violation? And in the Constitution, the bar for impeachment is treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be a literal crime, like a in the criminal code kind of crime. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm no constitutional lawyer. I just kind of play one in my day job. But even, even the White House attorneys aren't willing to say that the Constitution requires a criminal violation. What the White House attorneys are relying on is the precedent of previous impeachments. So that's how they're dealing with the Senate. How are they trying to appeal to the public? There are pieces of this where they do get away from legal theories. It does get away from uh, legal citations, precedents, and and Supreme Court opinions, and more toward a political argument that would ha- maybe have a little more resonance with the American public. And, and, and a lot of this, I think, in this brief is these attacks on Adam Schiff, the House Intel chairman who's led much of this probe. I would jump to page 74 in this brief where there's citations of – the Washington Post fact-checkers, how many Pinocchios Adam Schiff got for saying different things. And what this will do is raise doubts about Chairman Schiff and the, the process the House Democrats have underway. But as far as Pinocchios from the Washington Post go, Trump has earned quite a few more than Schiff. Today, the Senate discussed giving both sides as much as three days to present their opening arguments. After that, senators will be able to ask questions, and then they'll debate whether to introduce new evidence or witnesses, which could prolong the trial. And in the Trump team's brief, they made it clear that's not what they want. They're gunning for something short. This White House legal team wants this over quickly. They've come around from being uh, very enthusiastic about wanting to call witnesses to now they just see their jobs as winning acquittal. And the quicker they can do that, the better. And if enough senators agree and say they will not have witnesses, the entire impeachment trial could be over as soon as next week. That would allow Trump to move on from impeachment and on to another challenge, getting reelected. That's a bigger jump ball right now. And, and almost everything Trump does and says is filtered through that perspective of how is this going to affect the election and what impact does it have on my chances to win a second term? And today on the Senate floor, in his first TV appearance of the trial, Pat Cipollone echoed that. But my point is very simple. It's long past time that we start this so we can end this ridiculous charade and go have an election. Thank you very much. That's all for today, Tuesday, January 21st. 
The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We come out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.